Gary is going to join us coming up in about 45 minutes from now. Joey's going to join us at 11 a.m. Uh, you got to prepare yourself now. It's it's awesome out right now, but cold weather is coming. Cavens has been preparing for the freezing temps that are coming in the next few weeks. Uh, the great thing about Cavens is we can also help you with your water loss from start to finish. In-house licensed plumbing team, certified water extraction and structural drying team, and their construction team for build back for residential and commercial loss. We are your one-stop shop for remediation and restoration. Oh, you know who out? A steel man's out here today, too. Like it whenever steel is out here. Spread the word even more. Quick Air Comfort Solutions text before I have to swallow glass. Patrick writes, weather forecast for Bedlam, low of 24, high of 42. Almost 100 degrees cooler than the first game on the field. Wasn't it like 120? <laughs> yeah, it's going to no. be frosty for if, Bedlam. It felt like it. You know what? I feel a Kevin. I feel a Dr. Kevin Clays will call to the show next week, Josh. The foremost, foremost weather expert for the Plank Show. Dr. Kevin Clazel, who might still be celebrating an Astros victory, but we'll find out. He did send me a weather forecast for Morgantown. Um, it's going to be a little chilly, but not terrible for this week and for the Sooners. I feel like um, I feel like in our trips that we've made to, to Morgantown, we haven't had terrible weather. Now, some of you might say, wasn't it snowing? You remember that snow game? It was weird. Because when the team went in the locker room to start the game, it wasn't snowing at all, Josh. And then all of a sudden, as soon as they went in the locker room pregame, it just monsoon snow. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. And it was awesome. Yeah, that was a cool as night. As soon as won the game. There was, there was a moment, I think it was a snow game. Toby might be able to correct me on this if I'm wrong. But one – now, I say we've escaped some of the bad weather. It's, we've never gone there and just froze to the bone. Like, it was snowing, but you still could have worn, like, a jacket and you're fine. It's not like you had mittens on and a hood. It was just awesome. Awesome. But it looks as if I, – I think there was a year, before we get to the, what the weather looks like, I think there was a year where it was either – there was, like, a fog or it was snowing so hard late in the game – where there might have been a moment, Josh, where I could have called a couple plays from the field. I think it was like visibility was that bad. And I got to tell you something. I was pretty excited about it. I won't lie. Could you imagine Toby saying, hey, Plank, you've got to call this from the field? And not only would you have me calling it, but if something starts working well, me running like along the, the line of – or not line of scrimmage, along the sidelines trying to follow the play to see what's going on, Oh, my gosh. By the time the call was over, I might have needed to talk to uh, Robert and the crew, Robert Fulton and his crew, and say, I need it. I need oxygen. But here's what the weather looks like tomorrow, or Saturday, excuse me, in Morgantown. Chilly and breezy. Pre-game 45 degrees with some scattered rain showers or drizzle. The rain showers will end 47 degrees. Gusty winds. Out of the west at 20 miles per hour. Sounds windy 
and a little bit chilly. That's what it looks like for the Sooners in Morgantown this weekend. All right, it's a plank show right here on The Ref. I want to swallow some glass right now. You ready, Josh? I'm ready. Let's do this thing. Kudos to Texas. Kudos to Texas. This has nothing to do with with Vasek, which breaks my heart, but I think as we've talked about, there hasn't necessarily been that freakout because I think everyone kind of saw it coming. And you didn't have um, – or, you know, when the first time that I kind of thought about Vasek maybe not ending up as a Sooner was the first time someone told me that he was a legacy and his dad had played at Texas, and he, and he goes to – what is it, Westlake? I was like, oh, he's so not coming here. But – you know, that's a kudos, that's a credit to Brent Venable's staff and the job that they've done that even in the first place, they were able to get him to commit to Oklahoma. So this isn't about Vasic. This isn't about the fact that they currently control their own destiny when it comes to making the Big 12 championship. No, no, no. This has everything to do with what, and when I say Texas, it's I don't think it's anything that the university has a hand in I'm sorry, <laughs> Pastor Adam, you're dead to me. Kudos to Texas. No, no, it's it's what they're doing. It's not anything on the field. It's not recruiting. It's nothing. This hurts me, guys. This is painful to say, all right? Not only am I having to give them kudos on what they've done, Josh, but I'm picking them to win this weekend because there's no way Bad everyone pick. on this station has their upset pick lock. Yes, there is. Right. We're all correct, and uh, you are wrong. I will gladly take that L. But the biggest hurdle for Oklahoma in recruiting is not their record. It's not what's happening on the field. And I know that's hard for some of you to accept, but that's the reality of it. It has nothing to do with that. And it has everything to do with NIL. And... I feel, I feel part of the problem for Oklahoma on that front is we have too many little small pieces that are trying to do their own thing collective-wise, and it's not equaling to what maybe if all of those pieces working together could do for the benefit of Oklahoma. Now, that's where you stop and ask yourself, Which of these collectives are truly out to benefit Oklahoma and which of these collectives are out to benefit themselves? That's a big question you have to ask yourself. And that's a big question that I think, you know, the school has to ask themselves. So here's where I give Texas credit. And I talked about this on the show, what, Monday, Josh? And I'm not going to pretend yeah. to be an NIL expert. I'm not going to pretend to fully and completely live in that world. Okay? I, I, I'll just, I think there's some things I'm going to do during the softball season to help out strengthening Oklahoma. And I'm excited about that because I want the girls to get paid. But I also know that we're going to be stronger together than we are with I'm just going to name the ones I know, okay? And if I miss one, Josh, you tell me. Players Lounge, Boom Squad, Strengthening Oklahoma, One Oklahoma. I know I'm I'm probably leaving some out. 
we're not going to be as strong for football when everyone is working on their own thing. And yeah, you're right, Adam. Part of the problem, too, is you find out who is really in your corner when you see what percentage they're taking and how promptly you get paid. Another conversation for next segment, maybe. Here's my concern, because my mind is always thinking forward. My mind is always thinking forward. Some people are really mad. It's like, Texas only has one loss less than us. Now, calm down. This has nothing to do with anything on the field. Nothing at all. Five separate University of Texas athletics-related name, image, likeness collectives with focuses in different sports have combined to form the Texas One Fund. The Texas One Fund will seek to maximize community impact and be the preferred NIL fundraising collective for Texas student-athletes. The Texas One Fund consolidates the five major NIL collectives currently in the Texas athletic ecosystem. That includes, they've got a handful of them here, including a golf-oriented one. Those entities will now operate as one under the Texas One Fund. The stated goal is to create positive community impact through a one-stop fund. That's where we need to be in our collectives, guys and gals. That's smart. We don't need asking fans to have 15 different subscriptions to basically hear content where athletes are interviewed by non-Oklahoma people or athletes are, are you're, you're getting an interview. They, we need to work together on this. And I don't know. I hope maybe this is how. I'm not here to piss anyone off. Oh, my gosh, Adams. I'm sorry. I'm not here to make anyone mad. Okay? that's not. I'm not trying to trigger anyone. I'm not trying to stand up here on a bully pulpit and pretend that whatever is happening right now isn't good. What I am going to tell you in the recruiting world, it's not good enough. And Oklahoma's not going out to guys and saying, come here, you can make this. Isn't that one thing we know, Josh, and what Brent Venables has said? Hadn't that been pretty clear? Been pretty clear. Absolutely. That's been right. the message, no doubt. But when you're in those battles – and you're fighting for the David uh, uh, David Hicks of the world. Sure. And you're fighting for the Colton Vasics of the world. You can sell culture, development, passion, faith, all you want. And you might get that guy. But when Texas A&M says, right, and now maybe Texas, well, you're going to make 500K. I'm throwing that number out there. You know, you're, you're good. You know, you're at the very least starting at 15K, which is a massive amount of money for a college kid. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm not saying that suddenly Oklahoma has to be the place where boosters and collectives are running recruiting. It helps you fend off. It helps you fend off the attack. Hey, Coach Bates. Chris Plank, I'm committed to you. I'm really happy. I want to be a Sooner, but my family's in a tough spot. 
and I've got this offer to go play it. I don't want to just always pick on A&M, but Arkansas. And they've got this they've got this collective deal where I'm guaranteed to make 75 grand in my first year. Guaranteed. Todd Bates, you you hope would be able to say, and I don't and again, I'm not going to understand the legalistic part of it and what's right and what's wrong. It would be awesome if he was in a place that says, "Hey, here is <laughs> here is our collective. It's called One Oklahoma Collective. There's five groups that have come together under this. You're going to do community work. You're going to do some media work. And here's what you could potentially make. We understand. We want you to maximize your value. right? Or, or even if, here, contact this person. I don't know how it would work in the recruiting world. I'm just saying we've got too many little bit pieces. We've got too many little things going on. And I don't know if some of them have the best interest of the student-athlete or the University of Oklahoma at their core. You think, and I get it, I get it, it goes back to that, it goes back to that kind of core theory, and Brent Venables isn't selling NIL to kids. And I loved what Lane Kiffin said, right? You know, who am I then beholden to whenever there is that kind of money that's put into getting a kid here? It's, it's a double-edged sword. It really is. But if you're able to at least have five groups under the same umbrella, it makes things much easier to sell. And I've talked about this for a long time. It's just, it's going to be necessary. Chris Del Conte had a statement because, the I mean, universities are able to be somewhat involved, right? I have a read every single Saturday for the One Oklahoma Collective. It's great, but I wish it wasn't having to fend off attacks from, from you know, other – I wish we could all work together. Chris Del Conte, we are very pleased with the formation of the Texas One Fund. It's a 501c3 organization, which I've heard isn't necessarily the best move. It provides our fans, donors, and supporters a way to contribute to NIL opportunities for student-athletes and for student-athletes to support – I don't need to read all that. You get it. And there's more quotes telling them how brilliant it is. Why? Because it's really smart. They'll have an executive board that features alumni, donors, and business leaders, and individual boards representing each Texas sport program that will ensure all partnership organizations and opportunities are maximized and available for athletes in each representative and each respective sport. Oh, yeah, here's the other thing. You're also under the eye of the university, so you're not putting your school in a potentially precarious situation with some of the new rules that are coming down. It sucks. It sucks because it's something that the Oklahoma Collectives, I wish, would be able to do. They're doing great work, man. They're grinding. Um, they're out there. They're doing everything they can. I'm not saying anyone isn't trying their best. But I also think there are some that are in this for pure pure financial reasons that aren't related to helping the University of Oklahoma be the best that it can. And uh, no one's going to get into a business venture, Josh, that either costs them money, loses them money, or isn't tax beneficial. I'm, I'm very aware of that. I'm not just saying I need people to give $20 million and not expect anything in return. I get that. I understand that. But we need to get everyone on the same page. Sermon over. Um, I got a video here I want you guys to watch. Um, it's going to tell you about 
some stuff working. No, I'm kidding. I just am I crazy? Because I really feel like when I talk off the record to people that crew, that's their biggest battle right now. Is the NIL world the the the, the world in which you you might be promised the sky and it might not happen, right? What's the big buzz that Parker was telling us out of AM? Are these guys even getting paid? Are they getting their bank? Right? It doesn't appear as if it's always it's always been what it's promised. But it would nice it would be nice to have everything under one banner. Hashtag just saying. You're dead on. Absolutely that needs to happen at Oklahoma. It needs to happen for all of the reasons you mentioned. And then number two, one of the reasons it needs to happen, it's easier for the athletes. Then you don't have to be a part of seven different uh, NIL you know, interviews, right? I mean, you can do you can do right. one and you're done instead of uh, – and I don't know. I mean, look, I'm not keeping up with every single Oklahoma uh, collective right now, right? I, I'm not. So I, I don't know how many of these guys are just involved with one collective or they're involved with multiple collectives, but it makes sense to make it all under one roof. It's uh, There's no reason that that's not the case. It uh, is in Oklahoma's best interest. And quite simply, today where we're at – Oklahoma, you're going to have to play ball like everybody else, right? You're going to have to have a collective. If you want to win national championships, you need to you need to have a collective, one collective that is all under one roof that's competitive, right? It doesn't have to necessarily be the top of the top, but it needs Ooh. to be competitive. Um, can, can, I, can I share something off the super secret Textoso line when we get back? You may. Quick break. I didn't mean to preach. I didn't mean to get carried away. I'm studying Acts 2, Adam. Maybe that's part of the reason why I'm getting a little bit carried away today. Apologize. But the bottom line, more than anything else, if if we wanted to get better, if you want to get better athletes, and yes, I listen, there's, there's a whole Pandora's box that opens, right? TCU doesn't have better athletes in Oklahoma. Look what they're doing. So we're not getting better. They, I understand. But uh, Texas A&M is paying all this money. They're not any good. I understand. But just in the feedback that I hear, and I don't get nosy in the recruiting world, and I think you guys know that listening to me, that's the concern. And my concern is that we've got a lot of people that are kind of trying to do their own thing and if we could just get everyone on the same page and get everyone together, then I think it has the chance to be as competitive as it can be with anyone in the country. We just got to stop piecing things together. Quick break. Blank shows at Cavens Construction on a Thursday. It's raining outside. Oh, no. Right here on The Ref. All right. Welcome back to the Blank Show right here on The Ref. From Danny Stutzman to Collectives. Quite the Thursday. Sorry. Hey, we're going to tier the Big 12 when we come back. We had quite the debate over this yesterday, though I feel like three teams are really easy out of the 10, right, Josh? TCU's at the top. I know Iowa State beat West Virginia, but Iowa State and West Virginia are at the bottom. What do you do with the other seven? That's kind of the debate, right? Indeed. Maybe? And I think uh, okay. I think we've settled the debate. <sighs> we settled it. I promise to share a super secret text 
Um, and it was funny because we were doing a collective piece for this weekend, and Toby had texted me, and I, I told you, I'm like, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. I, what I'm saying isn't bad. All right, I'm not saying anyone's necessarily bad people are doing a bad job. That's not my point. I just want to do whatever it takes to get everyone on the same page. What did Obama have a couple Oh, gosh. I'm not going to bring politics into this. But <laughs> yeah. wasn't there like... Look, as soon as you say the word Sorry. Obama, it's... My bad. Uh, My there's bad. A, a faction of our I'm audience <laughs> that is not listening to anything else you said. Well, I'm not going to listen to that. Leftist. Um... <laughs> Even though I have my wife's coffee, even though I have my wife's coffee mug today that I just realized says "leftist tears" on it, so I'm I'm off to a good start. I don't know. That might be um, that might be too far in the past. You might have to update that with Biden. If you say Biden, it'll really okay. get people's attention. Well, I just he had the beer summit. He he and and everyone made fun of it, but I thought it's kind of cool. Where. Where they came together and they had, I don't even remember. I, see, I paid so much attention to it. I don't remember what it was over. But they brought it, they brought some groups together and they were like, let's have a beer. I mean, I don't know about you, Josh. I haven't had a beer in a while, but some of my best conversations will come with someone over a cold beer. And maybe that's what we need. Just get everyone in the same room, grab a, uh, grab some bush ice tall boys and everyone would be happy or butt ice. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> first text plank. You just lost all your credibility with saying Obama. <laughs> I don't know. I was just thinking the beer summit, <laughs> but, but here's that super secret text. And I have no problem saying this person's name. So if you, if you're okay with me sharing this, um, then I have no problem where it came from. What a lot of these people are finding out with collectives it's a full-time job. I think a lot of people started these NIL deals as part-time jobs, but they can't do it. You're able to actually have one expert be able to really set the stage for success instead of multiple people that might not be able to do full-time and might not have the expertise. And some of these don't pay athletes till closer to tax time. And earlier this year, because they wanted to make sure they had enough money to pay the freaking taxes. And then you have the whole idea. Are you are you setting yourself up for IRS problems, tax problems, because you are a 501c3? Now, that's a world that your boy's not the smartest. But <laughs> I will say, more than anything else, my challenge and my charge, to, and I'll do whatever it takes to help everyone. If if TU has people, I'd love to sit down. I'll I'll bring what a high, sweet tea from wherever, from Rudy's, whatever it takes to get everyone together. Sit down and let's figure out, let's hammer out how we can get everyone on the same page. What does it take? Does it take a – and there's a lot. There's a lot of big personalities involved, right? A lot of big personalities. And sometimes that's tough. But if we're all in it for the greater good, then maybe it shouldn't be that difficult. I'll give you an example. I had a friend who started a collective. They were telling someone, hey, why don't we get together, very important person, and see if we can't make this more profitable together. And that person said, I'm already done with mine. I'm started. We're off. Okay. So it's just 
we got to find a way to bring everyone together. Because things like what happened at Texas, right, that report of them putting – and by the way, that's the – for those that are just tuning in, that's the genesis of this. Welcome into the Plank Show. Uh, the University of Texas announced that they have combined five separate NIL collectives to form the Texas One Fund. And my, my hope is that in a month from now, in three weeks from now, in six months from now, there's a similar report from OU. We've all come together. There are some of these that are the McDonald's of collectives. And I think student athletes are finding this out too. I'd love to have a – I'd love to get Drake or Billy on after the football season because I feel like B, uh, Billy Bowman does a lot of them. I feel like Drake does a lot of them. But just that, that, that challenge – you talked about it, Josh, the challenge in your time, right? It's not, it's not easy if you're doing these nonstop interviews. And then when you get your check, is it what you thought it was going to be? Right. Or is it less? Is you know? Is when it, did you get your check? Is it worth it, right? It, why, why am I spending this time doing this for only this amount? What, what does Oklahoma need to be competitive, right? What, what, what does Oklahoma – where do they need to get to? And, and where are they at right now? I don't really, I don't really know where they're at right now, but what, what would be competitive for Oklahoma in this sphere? A group that can come up with a baseline figure, to me, that is guaranteed to every student athlete with the opportunity to earn more as their career progresses. That's, that's my opinion. Now, that might be physically, financially impossible. But that's what I feel like you need. And what is that baseline? I, I, just, I don't know. That's a great question. Because maybe, and, and I think we have to accept that it might be more for some sports than others. You know, that we'd all get that. And maybe that's where the whole idea of, hey, this is why one group wouldn't work because – there might be a collective that's more concerned with, say, softball than they are with helping out basketball. I, I don't know. And that's I mean, why there's split. That Th- that's exactly right. right. That's, that's why there is a split to some degree. You've got to find a way to bring them all together. I mean, if Texas Tech can find a way to pay every single one of their women's basketball players 25 k and every softball player 25 k then, I mean, I think that should at least be the baseline. Mm-hmm. And I would also say that, I don't know if I believe any fact or figure that's out there on NIL either. Anytime I hear about, did you hear what so-and-so is making? I take about a tenth of it. I'm like, yeah, I did. I don't think it's right. But we got to get everyone on the same page. And you've got to be able to have something that, again, I feel like I'm a broken record here. We're going to break. We're going to get to tearing. We're going to move on from this. And I say you guys have been active, and I love it. But – you just you got to give the coaches a little bit of ammunition. Every sport. But specifically here, we're talking about football. And, you know, I had, I had an unnamed person that's very involved in the recruiting side say, I've got people that want to come here. They're wanting to come here. But where we lose is, hey, Coach, I'm going to make, you know, X grand – you know, and, and and it would really help my family out. You know, what do you got? And that's the reality of it. Okay, um, 1036. Rant over. 
Um, I feel like I've swallowed enough glass this segment. Are we good on kudos to Texas for the rest of the history of this show, Josh? <laughs> Have we taken so. care of ourselves for eternity? I mean, you're picking them this week. You're giving them all these wrong. kudos. It's sickening. <laughs> all right. Uh, we'll tear the Big 12 next. Gary Cavins is going to join us as well right here on The Ref. All right, welcome back into the – welcome back in to the Plank Show. Weird Cavins – on a Thursday with Josh on playing pirates. Talking collectives you go back with you and get this it? morning. Talking collectives and Danny Stutzman, 405-651-3439. Oh, you want to talk about some hot takes. I've got here in our Cavens studios on the road. Here's the debate on Get Up right now, Josh. And I know this is the re-air of a show from earlier. Should the Packers think about starting Jordan Love? You know, I was kind of mad about it at first, and then I'm like, should they? Should they? I think they they should have maybe played him a little bit last week, to be honest with you. I mean, things were going so bad with uh, Aaron Rodgers last week that, I mean, not that you're just totally moving on and the Rodgers era is over. I mean, you still got so much cash wrapped up in Aaron Rodgers, and he's not far removed from back-to-back MVPs. And I still think that that level of play is is there with Rodgers. I think they've run into a problem to where all of a sudden their personnel has taken a severe nosedive, right? I mean, just even – it's interesting, isn't it? Like, for one NFL franchise, Kansas City, you can lose Tyree Kill and you go and you reload. But, you know, give Kansas City credit, right? They went out and they got Juju Smith-Schuster. And yeah. they, they went and they, got, good. they got Valdez uh, Scantling from Green Bay, right? And all of a sudden, you got another franchise that just kind of said, yeah, you know, we're not going to pay Devontae Adams. We're just going to give uh, Aaron Rodgers his cash, and we're not going to restock a whole bunch. And guess what? All of a sudden, you take that approach, and pretty soon uh, – disappointment comes home to roost and that's sort of where they're at but all of that is to say that with things as bad as they were I don't think it's the craziest idea that maybe they could have made that move last week if only for a series or two to just basically tell Aaron look man you're not right, above hey. bad you play bad you sit the bench um Raiders fans haven't quite reached the we should play Stidham yet but they are ready to fire Josh McDaniels in fact, I, I went on ESPN.com to find some headlines for you guys here real quick before we tear the Big 12. And the headline basically says, what now for Josh McDaniels? I, I, I can fix the Raiders, Josh. You ready? Here we go. <clears throat> Throw it to 17. Welcome to my TED Talk. Uh, by the way, things are so weird with Aaron Rodgers. He's, he's even building up Mike McCarthy. You'll hear that in the top five stories of the day. Saying it's kind of a little subtle shot. His appreciation for him has grown over time. And uh, Justin Verlander is a free agent. So Justin Verlander, Michael Givens, Jordan Lyles, and Tommy Pham all um, decided and declined their player option. So they are now all free agents. Justin Verlander to the Dodgers. Should have happened five years ago. Dodgers just need to get a break with a free agent, Josh. <laughs> I know. It's, it's really been unfair. <laughs> um, all right. Let's tear the Big 12, shall we? It's 1044. Gary's going to join us coming up uh, after the break. 
So let's uh, quickly, tier one's easy, right? I mean, this is all TCU all the way. Yeah, that's right. Kansas up top, uh, slam dunk, no no doubt about it. Yeah, obviously. West V uh, and, and Iowa State at the bottom. <laughs> TCU up top, West Virginia, Iowa State, seller in tier five. Okay, uh, quick little caveat to TCU. Do they need to go undefeated to make the playoff? I would imagine so, yeah. I mean, okay. I think – I think if they don't, then it just opens up that scenario. Now, uh, I mean, with Clemson losing the way they did to Notre Dame, Plank, this is – I don't know that this is necessarily ratcheted up this week, but it should with Clemson having lost to Notre Dame the way they did and that, again, that season opener, that Georgia versus Oregon game looming over the Pac-12's head – the, the path to the Big Ten and SEC having the entirety of the college football playoff, it's right there. It's just one TCU yep. loss away. Yeah. We're one TCU loss away from the Oregon-USC Pac-12 championship game deciding who's going to play in the four-team playoff. Or an Oregon-UCLA rematch. Oh, my gosh. Um, so do you put Kansas State drops, right? Or do you, you don't, I mean, I don't think we had them in one last week. But here, let me give you real quick what we had on Big 12 Radio yesterday. We had TCU in Tier 1, Tier 2, which is the fringe championship slash contender team. We had Texas, Kansas State, and Baylor in Tier 2. Tier 3, which is feisty teams of chaos, which is kind of a hard thing to de- define now because if you're not in Tier 2, then you're probably going to drop down to this. We didn't have anyone in Tier 3. Not quite there. We had OSU, OU, Texas Tech, and Kansas, and then West Virginia and Iowa State in Tier 5. So we had Tier 1 and Tier 5 similar. Would you put Texas, Kansas State, and Baylor all in Tier 2? Or would you drop one of those to Tier 3? I would. I've got Texas, Baylor, Kansas State all Tier 2. They're they're all – Fringe contenders. I mean, obviously Baylor, by virtue of of beating Oklahoma, they've they've got the path, right? I mean, it's right there for them to get into the right. Big Twelve championship game. So now at this point, I think you do have to put them back in that tier. Okay. I, I love guys. Clemson has only lost one game. The loss to Notre Dame was their first loss of the season. I don't know if you're thinking of last year or not, but they were number four in the fourteen playoff last week. So they're sitting there with just one loss now. If you're already counting their ACC championship game loss, then fine. But, I mean, sorry, I had the Air Comfort Solutions text line up. I shouldn't have done that. Shiny thing. I like your prediction of the Sooners winning 45-30, to 30, but Clemson only has one loss. All right, so, Josh, you've got Texas, Baylor, Kansas State in Tier 2. Do you push any of those teams that we didn't allow in Tier 4 and Tier 3, OSU, OU, Tech, or Kansas, into Tier 3? Yeah, I've got – both Kansas and Oklahoma State in Tier 3, and I've got Texas oh, Tech, okay. Oklahoma in Tier 4. I mean, pretty pretty straightforward. Look at the conference records, and that's what your tiers look like this week. So, OSU, they have been outscored like 97-13 to 13 in their last two weeks. They're making a strong case for, for Tier 4. Okay, all right. Just, just, just checking. Because... I mean, at last check, I mean, they were the program with a winning tradition that beat the program that didn't. And they've gone 0-2 and have been housed in two games since then. So 
it's to me more – I have a harder time and, – and it's real simple, right? I get it. Spencer Sanders didn't play last week. I get that. I understand that. But he, he did play the week before, even though he got hurt late. And I understand that everyone will always have the go-to, all right, well, you guys got to be 49-0. Take that. All right, you're fine. Great. But I'm having a hard time figuring out, like, is, is that the real Texas that blew that lead to Oklahoma State and that blew that lead on the low road to Texas Tech? Or if they turn a corner now, Josh, and realize they have beat John Robinson and they can just run him like crazy and their freshmen are getting better on the offensive line and that we're setting up to see arguably, you know, from recruiting rankings, one of the most talented teams in the Big 12, find their fire down the stretch this year, right? I think Oklahoma State's easy. If Spencer Sanders is healthy, they're a different team. I think Texas is the harder team to figure out, and part of it is because Quinn Ewers has just not been good. I would almost go back to Hudson Card. And they're still winning games. Depending on how this week plays out, that that might be uh, a realistic possibility. We'll we'll see about that for uh, Texas. Obviously, yeah, Oklahoma State's completely different. Minus Sanders, and maybe that's the most compelling case, right? To drop them down away from Kansas sure. with Texas Tech and Oklahoma is just as long as that goes on, they are that team, right? They're not the the tier two, tier three team anymore. Hey, there you go. Seems as if you're a little bit more down on Tech, or excuse me, a little bit higher on Kansas and Oklahoma State than the Big Twelve crew was, but everything else pretty much in line. And we'll have some tier battles this weekend. All right, quick break. 10.50. We're at Cavens on a Thursday. When we come back, best of the air comfort solutions. Text line right here on The Ref. Do you know Joey Helmer's coming up next right here on The Ref, Josh? Your big brother? I should have known that. I'm glad you reminded me. Hey, man, these Thursdays get away from you. I completely understand it. I completely understand it. Off the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Um, where's the real plank? Who's this Texas imposter? I know. I hate Hook'em, Chris. Uh, he's the worst. 918 just hit this. What about the news story of Gonzaga joining the Big 12? A great addition for men's and women's basketball, baseball, and softball. Don't think Gonzaga has a softball team. Also, don't think it's happening. Yeah, not yet. Not until they get that big pile of cash. Then they'll be the best softball program you ever did saw. I uh, I got to tell you something. When I saw that story, I thought, that's awesome. That is really awesome. But then I quickly realized, that ain't happening. And then, and then those thieves <laughs> took all that money from the Pac-12. Unbelievable. <laughs> then, then I quickly realized that, oh, that's not going to be. I love the idea, right? Hey, we know what we can be football-wise. Fox and ESPN are still bought in, minus Oklahoma. They've made more money. You're going to have good slots. There might be some non-Saturday games. You know, it it appears as if with the new ESPN deal they just signed with Conference USA and now they continue with MAC football, there there has been an increased desire for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, good games. Not just, no offense, but I watched Western Michigan and Northern Illinois – but good games, right? Good, 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 solid contest. And, you know, we'll see what that looks like in the future for the Big 12 if they play a few more non-Saturday games. But I love the idea. I just feel like the big story there was kind of hidden, that they've already been talking to the Big East and the Pac-12. And I think if you're the Pac-12, you can't lose that battle. 
And you're not going to pay them what you're going to give teams as far as a football share, but I think it's a brilliant negotiating ploy. How about what Bob Huggins said, too? Bob Huggins like, I think it would be a nice little wake-up call for him. And he's right. Um, this is an interesting take from the 405 off the Air Comfort Solutions text line. While I am not a TCU sympathizer, I cannot support a team and a coaching staff which apparently is conducting themselves in which an opposing QB is injured on dirty hits resulting in ejection. This has occurred enough times this year and previous years that it is not an accident. As a result, I'm going to hold my nose and be a Longhorn and Bear supporter. It has really been an inter- Welcome, welcome Very uh, to Team Texas. I would say... I, I don't – I every football guy I, – I listen to – like I said, guys, I probably listen to Ted too much, right? There's the football Bible, and to me, there's the book of Ted. And I read it over and over and over. I consume it nonstop. Ted, was it a dirty hit on Dylan Gabriel? Was it a dirty hit six years ago on Baker Mayfield? You bet. But this just appears to be a very physical team. Don't think they did anything – I mean, Spencer Sanders didn't get hurt. Um, I felt like it was, you know, what the dirty, I mean, the dirty hit on Dylan Gabriel and the dirty twist of the leg on Billy Bowman. Now, that was dirty to me. But it is, it seems like it happens a little bit too often to be a coincidence. But, like I said, former players aren't saying, hey, this is dirty, they're being a dirty team yet. 918 from our conversation about collectives. Is there any truth to the, if it's too, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably isn't? You would hope so. You would hope so. And then there's this, and Texas, Jeff and DFW rights, doing the NL right with that one fund. That's smart. Hope OU does the same. I think they will. Joey Hellman, OUinsider.com, joins us next right here on The Ref.